This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So another great big gigantic good morning. It's wonderful to have you folks here and just just what a great journey. You know, today today's just a very special service and, and there's lots that I hope and what I really hope is we all just get this little piece of joy coming out of it. You know, I was listening to an author, one of my favorite, Father Gregory Boyle, who works with gang members in, in Los Angeles. And what he said is, yeah, the biggest thing I've realized is life is not a grim affair. That's a good line. And I don't always believe it, but it's a good line. It's, it's hard. It's hard to stay in that place of like having a little bit of joy and, and, and having happiness in our lives, knowing that again, lots of days are really tough. And today, what we're going to get to experience is we're going to experience joy, hearing other people's stories, sharing blessing, all those kinds of things. And it's the way we're going to launch our next series called First Steps. First Steps, I think there's a lot of them. I mean, we start out with First Steps, and the first thing we learn to do, obviously, is crawl. Then we learn to walk. Then we finally learn to run. And it tends to go in that order, like it it takes time. And one of the things I'm going to throw out there to you today is our spiritual first steps are interesting because oftentimes they don't come because we chose them, it's because they chose us. In other words, we go through our life, we're sure we know the way everything goes, the way it's all supposed to work, all the steps we're supposed to take, like it's, it's interesting to me, like we work a lot with Google and search engine stuff, and the way to get somebody to look at what you're doing is saying, three steps to greater spiritual growth. Don't we all wish it was that easy, right? There aren't three steps. There's just, there's a lot of work and just patience and love and hope and surrender, all these different things. And I would hold out there that our first steps spiritually, oftentimes, again, are not steps we choose, but but an event happens in our life, and we are forced to make a choice. We're forced to make a make a decision. We're first forced to take a step, and that can be really difficult sometimes. But then we look back on it, and it's like, oh yeah, God bless that road. That that something good came out of this, even though it was hard. Something good came out of this. So I want to sort of set this up, and I realize I'm going to show this, and kids are going to be mortified, parents are going to celebrate and think, this is the best idea ever. And it's this little chore chart here. Take a look at that. That's pretty good. Wish my wife did one like that for me. I like, I, I like that, right? You know, there's, there's your chore chart. And I, what I would say is that's kind of our first view of God. Right, what I'll do is I'll do this good thing and then I'll get this in reward. Now, is there anything wrong with that? And you better all say no. No, there's nothing wrong with it. It's it's just an inevitable part of our of our spiritual journey. But it's 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 a step we have to take, and then there's gonna be another step. There's always gonna be another step. One author who I love said, you know, you know. God leaves, God just leaves the space when we arrive. And I, I don't mean that like God is absent. I think, I think that idea of like God's constantly like pulling us forward in these little ways, pulling us beyond a view of transactional love like that. And I think that's where the Bible really starts to come alive. A passage in the Bible that, that, that is just a powerful, I preach on it a lot because I just think there's, there's so much wisdom packed in it. 
It's the very beginning, the story of Genesis. And here's the story of creation. In New Church, we see this as a poetic truth, not a, not a literal truth, but a poetic truth that there's, there's great meaning underneath these words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And this is beautiful. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. That spirit, the Hebrew there is ruach. It's a feminine word, meaning, you know, this spirit that kind of hovers over the water as it is like a mother hen almost, you know, over its chicks. You know, and, and I think that's so much it. And our lives can feel so dark and hard sometimes. And then the spirit of God is just, is just there holding it so gently. It can then start to move with us forward into our lives. Folks, I've seen it over and over again. And I realize that there's probably some people in here today or people watching online who are like struggling to really believe that. I know, I know God's spirit moves that way because I've just seen it again and again and again in ways that bring joy, in ways that are deeply humbling, in ways also that just bring a smile. So, with that, I would like to welcome our guests. Please give them a warm round of applause, Marjorie and Matthew Pennington. You guys already got a standing ovation, so no pressure that this be really good. <laughs> really good. <laughs> it, it's just such a joy to have you folks here. And, and just a little context for this, folks, because we have some first-time people here, some first-time people online. Most of you already know this story. But it goes way, way back, you know, probably eight years ago now, thereabouts. And I, I'm an avid New York Times reader, and there's this, there's this lead article above the fold of this vet by the name of Matthew Pennington. So I said, Angela, you know, about his, his, his movement after he lost his leg over in Iraq. And I said, Angela, can we get in touch with him? So I call up Matt and it's, it's just such a conversation just frozen in my mind and call him up and I'm like all nervous because Matt's a star and I'm not. And, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Matt, uh, is there any chance you'd come speak at my church? And Matt said, Chuck, I was just praying to God that someone would call and ask me to speak, and you called. That's going to make me cry. I'm going to cry several times today. And, and since then, he's spoken three times at New Church Live, and now we get to hear from what he would definitely say is his better half about kind of her journey as a caregiver and, and sort of where they are in their journey together. So are we ready? Yes. All right. So, so let's, let's start, let's start here with this, with this beautiful idea. I want you two to tell me, like, how did you meet? How did you two meet? Uh, do you want to? Yeah, give it to her. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so Matthew was serving over in Afghanistan and we both had Yahoo Messenger and Matthew was bored one evening and thought that he'd send me a chat. Well, when he told me he was in Afghanistan, I kind of thought that he was like the bad guy. <laughs> so I may have given him a few colorful words of like, why are you messaging me? <laughs> and uh, then he explained that he was a soldier overseas. Right. And we just started talking. And then from talking over the internet led to phone calls. Yeah. 
and we had scheduled phone calls. You know, anytime he could, he would give me a phone call. Yeah. And uh, he came home to visit his mom uh, after his uh, deployment. And uh, we met, and I don't think he saw his mom after that. <laughs> I kind of uh, stole his attention, and then um, I think it was literally three months later, we were married in a courthouse in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, I was, I was just thinking, there's probably some vet watching in Afghanistan right now. The secret to a wife! Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> there you go. And, uh, you know, are you like, like, and I'm going to ask each of you this question. What did you fall in love with with him? With Matthew, it was his his love for his country, the love for life. Yeah. He was bigger than life. Yeah. And it had to be that southern accent. So. <laughs> <That'll> <laughs> it kind of reeled me in there. Yeah. Um, but, no, he had just this outlook on life that really just it drew me in. Yeah. And, I don't know, I just fell head over heels for him. Yeah, yeah. And, and, Matt, what about you? What did you fall in love with with her? Uh, I fell in love with um, everything about her. Um, before that, I'd you know listened to the army at seventeen, so my focus really was just learning life, and um, I wasn't you know a big girl chaser or anything like that growing up. Um, so she was literally the first love of my life, and um, I just uh, really grew a relationship for her, and um, her personality was just wonderful. And then when I went and met her, um, you know, she was just so beautiful that I was like, <laughs> I would be a fool not to lock this down. And uh, so that's what I did is uh, I did that. And um, it takes a lot of hard work, you know, yeah. so, but it's well worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so when, and when you guys, thank you guys. So when, and when you look at that picture, like you two look marvelous in that picture, by the way, just saying. When you look at that picture, what was like the hope that you just held when you looked at that, when you look at that picture? Oh, our future. Yeah. I, I could not wait just to spend the rest of my life with him yeah. and to have that moment. Um, this picture actually was taken because we were very poor when we first uh, got married. So we got married in a courthouse and we saved up. And this was like our, our wedding, our dream day. Fine. And it was so amazing. It all turned out perfectly. And that moment was us walking away and just... We made it. We did it, and couldn't. we couldn't wait to spend the rest of our life together. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Did you want to add something to that? Uh, I think the only thing I could add um, to it really is, um, you know, I finally did it. I saved up the money. <laughs> I accomplished the goal. So <laughs> There you go. Mission accomplished. That's great. So, so now I want to go on, you know, and I want to, want to talk a little bit further about like, like, so, so life, we start out with again those hopes and dreams and then inevitably like life happens, right? Stuff happens. And, and I want to talk about the day that that, that happened for you folks. And, and Matt, I hope I get your live day right here. April 29th, 2006. That's correct. Okay. April 29th, 2006. Matt's, Matt's a live day. And could you like just tell us a bit what that was like when when you got the phone call? Like, what was it like to get the phone call? I mean, I read the the book and you talking about that, but sharing with these folks, what was it like when you got that phone call and you heard a military person on the other end? Oh, when Captain Murray uh, placed the call to me and I saw that it was Fort Bragg, uh, my heart sank. Um, can we take a breath there? And uh, he told me that Matthew had lost his left leg. Um, they're not sure about the right leg. 
Um, and then they said they weren't sure if he was going to make it because his body was not taking in oxygen because he had lost six pints of blood. Um, at that moment, I was just praying to God, if I will change my life, I will do anything that I need to to save my husband. I just want him home. I didn't care how he came home. I just wanted him home. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was literally probably two hours later, um, I was sitting in the kitchen of my aunt's house, and the phone rang again. And it was a satellite phone. And I recognized it because how Matthew would call me was by, you know, overseas and... I picked up and it was Matthew, very faint, baby, I lost my leg. Mm. And I said, you know, I don't care that you <laughs> lost your leg. That, that has nothing to do. Get home. I want you to get home to me, get better. And I was able to tell him I loved him and he was able to tell me he loved me. And uh, then I just waited. I literally wait, waited by the phone for them to say, either I'm going to Germany or I was going to go to Washington, D.C., and I think the Lord heard our prayers because Matthew started taking in oxygen. Mm. And I knew I was destined to go to D.C. because they were medevacking him. Yeah, yeah. And, and Matt, question for you. Like, what was it like for you, like, going through that? And that was so well said. Like, what was it like for you going through that traumatic injury and then hearing her voice on the other line? Uh, it was, um, it brought me a lot of peace because I remember during that time I just, uh, the only prayer I had was really not to live or anything like that. It was just to make it home, to say goodbye. And if mm -hmm. I could at least do that, that's cool with me. And, um, you know, I knew I'd be going to heaven anyway. So it just was kind of like whatever, whatever. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so being able to, to hear her was just a, a relief yeah. and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, really a lot of blackness <laughs> between yeah. there and D.C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Thank goodness, in a certain way, I'm sure. Yes. You know, Audrey, now, now this picture, you know, what was it like for you, you know, when you finally got to see him again? I was scared, to be honest, because uh, Matthew was hooked up to a lot of machines. Um, I was able to actually see that he was missing his leg. I remember dropping onto his chest, crying, and I was supposed to be there. Mm -hmm consoling my husband, but in return, it was my husband consoling me, telling me it was okay. He was going to be all right. And I just, I remember just hugging him and hugging him and just thankful that I was able to be there. And um, that first kiss was amazing mm. after so many months. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was the best feeling ever, but the most scariest feeling ever. Yeah, yeah. Now, what does that picture sort of bring you? Thank you, Mark. Oh, I was... Uh... I was really happy in that picture. Actually, prior to this picture, when she was traveling down, they made a mistake, and her favorite band was Fallout Boy at the time, and they mistakenly told me that, well, Fallout Boy's at the hospital. I'm like, man, my wife's coming. I got to give her something. <laughs> so they left a wheelchair too close to my bed, and I stole that freaking wheelchair, and I hooked all the IVs up to the back of it, and... <laughs> made my way down there and saw a boy got some signatures so that's awesome I was able to like, give her a side shirt and... true love comes in many forms my yes. friend yes. I don't even know who fallout boy is <laughs> so so I love in your book you talk about like how you know you had your plans for the journey but you found this new journey Marjorie you know, found you. And by the way, for those of you who'd like to read more, Marjorie's book is for sale out there in the lobby. 
And I, you talked about just, yeah, you know, and, and, and the struggle for you around um, just the highs and lows of the journey, that it was a four-year, you, you used the phrase four-year, you know, it was a four-year to kind of find a new normal. And I know in life, like, despite the fact that we want the graph to go up and to the right, that's not how it works. And was there a moment or two for you where it's just like where you felt like, oh, this can't get any lower, like where it was just you felt the bottom fall out, you felt this is as hard as it can possibly be? What was the, the lowest moment there for you? Um, I think there was a couple moments. I think the first moment was September 16th of 2007. We were home maybe, maybe six months, and uh, I had no idea what PTSD was. You know, I wasn't educated on it. I really, I mean, I his physical injuries, I knew how to take care of that. Um, Matthew was very in a dark spot, and um, I had no clue what I was doing. And on the 16th of September, uh, Matthew decided to take his life. He didn't want to... Take a little breath there. Yeah, didn't want to live anymore because he was not the person he was when he left. He brought home a lot of uh, demons, and he had a lot of medication stacked up, and he just wanted to end it all. And um, I remember being on the phone with a sheriff, and I was just like, you've got to find him, you have to find him, you have to find him. And they found him. Unfortunately, Matthew had driven his car at a high rate of speed into a brick wall. And uh, the sheriff asked me to meet him at the emergency room. And that's where I met Matthew. That was a point in my life where I was just like, this can't, it just can't get any worse. It can. I mean, I've almost lost him twice. I don't know what to do. And my mom was there. Mm -hmm. She was like that guiding light of, you need to focus on you and your husband and figure a place where you can go and get him the treatment that he needs. And that's what I did, is I moved him from Maine to Texas to get him the care that he needed. And uh, it didn't cure everything being in Texas, but it sure made a good impact. Yeah. Um, there were points where Matthew struggled a lot with um, the things that he had witnessed overseas, um, what he was going through with his injuries. Um, I know that we separated several times because it, 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 he just, he could not find himself. And there were moments where I thought I was going to lose my marriage. However, by the grace of God, mm. we found our way back. And I'm thankful for that. As much as how hard it was for us, I wouldn't change anything. Mm because it has grown us into such a strong couple. Our love is stronger. We have more of an understanding for one another, and we know that we can get to the lowest of lows, and neither one of us are going to give up. We're going to fight. We just, I don't know, we have like this unique relationship that I'm thankful for, because I know that if I ever was down on the low, he's going to fight for me as much as I would fight for him and I think he knows that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does. Yeah. <laughs> I think he does. And when, when you look back at, at that journey, and I'd love to have you just speak a little more about, like, these, these are just what I found to be the gifts out of it. You know, 
so much of the challenging that, you know, life's always blessed, broken, shared. We talk about that a lot in this church. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's hard for people who are in the middle of it to see the gifts. I don't know whether, I haven't met a lot of people who are in the middle of a really dark time and, you know, they're, they're calling me saying, Chuck, today was a gift. You know, it's just, it's just hard. And could you speak a little more like, yeah, you know what, this is, these are the things that I learned at the bottom in our challenges that maybe I don't know that I would have learned anywhere else. But somehow there was a gift, there was a grace there that helped us to move to move forward. Hmm. I think for us, I've learned to understand, I have more understanding for not just my husband, for it, but for others. Um, I have more love, I think, for myself, for him, for others. Um, as a gift, waking up every day is a gift and to know that I have him by my side. And I think that's the biggest gift I've been given is that I have my husband and I'm able to do um, these amazing things that we're able to go on retreats and we're able to travel together. We're able to um, love on our fur babies. I mean, <laughs> we grew quite of our fur family <laughs> over the years and that's By fur family, they mean five dogs. Yes. <laughs> Um, there are so many gifts. Um, I think our faith is stronger. I think that um, we both have grown into individuals that we allow grace to others and to ourselves. But the biggest gift of all is to wake up every day to know that we have another day to spend together. And I look forward to the journey, whatever it may be. I mean, he might pull something out that we're going to Alaska or, you know, we're going <laughs> to go fishing or, you know, every day's a gift. Yeah, yeah. And that was the biggest gift. And, you know, we may struggle and we may have struggled, but we made it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we did it together. Mm. And that's the biggest accomplishment is that we fought and we get to wake up every day. It's so good. It's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Matt, do you want to share a little something? And, and this is a beautiful picture of them on a recent retreat there. Is there something you want to share, like, you know, about, yeah, I really feel like I've learned this lesson, you know, going through this with, with my beloved. Yeah, I would say for me, really, um, the lesson... I learned it's kind of like our um, family mantra. We've had a lot of problems in life, and one thing I think is is we're young and naive too, like everybody is, and you expect that you know you're going to get to a point where there's just problems don't exist, but that's the furthest thing from the <laughs> truth and anywhere. And so, kind of, we tell each other, you know, if he brings you to it, he'll bring you through it, because mm -hmm. God. Everything's predestined. Um, you know, we only have the power of choice. So if that is the case, then um, a problem in and of itself is also a gift. And it's going to make you resilient. It's going to make you stronger. And I think that growing together and getting that outlook's really helped us that's, a lot. That's beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. So 
Audrey, could you, could you speak real quickly? Because I know we have some people from the foundation who are watching today. And we're so fortunate to have Elizabeth Dole do a little trailer for the service. So, so you know, and, and you had said, yeah, you know what, we found a tribe through this, which I love that phrase, like we found our tribe. And maybe you could real quickly just like give a shout out to the foundation, tell people what kind of you're, you're doing in that, in that arena. So uh, for the Elizabeth Dole Foundation, they are amazing. They gave me a voice. They gave me a voice to stand up for, you know, caregivers and that were struggling and that are struggling, like I have struggled. And I did find my tribe. I have a tribe of caregivers who will support me. Um, the foundation gave us a platform to have our voices heard. We're no longer behind the service member, the injured veteran. We, beside them, we're not behind mm -hmm. them, we're beside them. Mm -hmm. And um, the Elizabeth Dole Foundation has been simply amazing. Um, they let us advocate as a fellow. I'm now an alumni, which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, they are just, I don't even know how to explain the feeling that I have when it comes to that foundation because they are so supportive. And they did, they gave us a platform to advocate for our voices to be heard. And that's the biggest thing is we need to be heard. Yeah. We need to be able to share that message yeah. that, you know, we're here caring 24-7, seven days a week for our veteran. Yeah. And it's not easy. It's not. Um, and we need that support. We need other caregivers, and they gave us that. Uh, we have a community where we can all get together, you know, it's online, wherever we are in the U.S., and we can share best practices, um, benefits, just support alone, yeah. even recipes, you know, if we want to share a recipe or something. Um, it's an amazing foundation, and Elizabeth Dole is just the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, and to close, I have a couple of questions I want to close with. So, and I'm going to give each of you a chance to answer. So, so to, to somebody, I was telling you folks before the service, like the way you're talking, the way I knew what we were going to talk about today, you know, it'll, it'll strike people. It'll strike people who are in dark times individually. It'll strike couples who are struggling. It'll strike veterans. It'll strike those who are caregivers right now, regardless of what the age might be or marriage or, or a parent. And, and if you could kind of like take a breath with me here, you know, And you think, yeah, this is, this is what I just most want to tell you. This is what I most want to share with you. If you're really today, this Sunday, really struggling, like this is what I want you to hear. If you're struggling, don't give up. Reach out for help. And it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Lean on those around you. Have faith that there is a silver lining. There's always a silver lining. Um, and it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to do that. Yeah. You know, um, just don't give up. Yeah. You cannot eat an elephant in one bite. <laughs> <laughs> you need to take that little by little. <laughs> and each day is a new day. So always look forward to that. But I think the biggest thing is it's okay not to be okay, and it's okay to ask for help. Right, great. What about you? If I had... Um uh, anything to say, um, you know, I guess I could take it looking back on um, my situation when I was going through my very uh, dark time uh, when I attempted suicide. Um, 
you know, a lot of it was due to my own isolation, my own causes, my own anger with God. And um, that's kind of where it all came out to me. But what I um, never really realized is how much, too, a lot of it was my own doing. Um, you know, my own ways of isolating myself, um, not being a part of something, uh, feeling entitled that I, I deserve something more than others because of what I did. And um, it, it just really, you know, I think we need to all take a step back and realize that we're all just human beings and we're all really dealing with the same mm-hmm. things in life, um, just in different facets. Um, so my, my message to everybody is um, I love Dory from the movie Finding Nemo because um, she's the perfect example of like what it's like living with, you know, TBI and PTS and stuff when you're going through the world. You just keep swimming because you'll forget things, you'll misplace things, it, it'll struggle sometimes, but you, know, you just keep swimming, you know. It's, it's all going to work out and that's the way it goes. Build your community, have faith in God and try to be a participant in life and just not someone who's spectating the life of others. That's beautiful. Now you're holding the mic still, buddy. So the last, so the last question we've, we've talked kind of at this level, right? So I'd ask us to take a breath again. You know, I've asked what you want us to know and totally putting you on the spot, Matt. What do you want her to know? What do you want her to most know? Uh, I would really want you to know um, that you're my best friend, you're my rock, and you're my everything. And I know for a fact that I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for you. Because I look really good sometimes, not trying to be full myself, people, but behind me is a super good woman, <laughs> and I wouldn't be who I am or look the way I do if she didn't square me away, y'all. <laughs> so thank you, and I love you, and I uh, really mean that. You're my best friend, and I couldn't imagine my life without you. Thank you. <laughs> In your turn, is there any last thing you'd like for him to know? Oh, you give me gray hair sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love you to pieces, and I'm thankful for this journey, and I wouldn't want to go on it with anybody else. And even though we may have struggled, that's okay, because it shaped us into the individuals we are today. And thank you for always supporting me and for listening to me most part. (laughs) But I love you to pieces, and I am thankful for you. All right. I love you, too. (laughs) So I just want to say, like, you two have inspired me from the first time I met you. You know, Margie, my first experience with you was driving this guy back from the airport and we, we go by Nifty Fifties, a local restaurant, and Matt literally is on the phone doing the 14-year-old thing. No, you hang up first. No, you. And I thought, I thought this couple loves each other. And I do so appreciate, I appreciate all the work you guys have done. I appreciate you being down here. I love you guys to pieces. And all I can say from the bottom of my heart is thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Ray. All right, so 
as a band comes out for a middle song, just, just what a beautiful story that the whole way around. And when we come back from this, from this middle song, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, just, just add some closing thoughts to it that, to pull it together. And, and just this, this beautiful story. And the idea that, yep, you know, the road. No, wait, I could do even better. Wait, wait, wait. That the road is dark and then we step into the light. (laughs) But look, God bless the broken road. The road does break. The road has challenges. And it's not always up and to the right. But no matter how lost we feel, God knows where we are. So again, thank you, Matthew and Marjorie. And when we come back, I'm just going to offer a few thoughts as you enjoy this middle song. What a service. Just a few last thoughts. One is from this beautiful line about first steps from Matthew 11, talking about steps that we take together. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love that idea that as we go through this journey, that one of the things, and it gets to what Marjorie was saying there, that, that we're not alone, that, that we are yoked in a certain sense with God and with each other. And this, it's not this yoke as in like shackles, it's this yoke as in something that allows us to move forward in life. Allows us to do this, to till the ground. And as the beautiful saying goes, to till the ground and to leave the rest to grace. Our lives so much from a new church perspective, the old self dies, a new self is conceived. And that's, that's a hard process a lot of the time. It's hard watching the lives we imagined, you know, sort of fall away. And, and it's hard to sort of step into the new. It's the three phases of life, you know, we construct, deconstruct, reconstruct. We have to keep that movement going. And I think so much, stories like what we heard today remind us of that. And remind us of some of the most simplest, truest, most significant things of life. And the last thing I want to show you is actually what Matt posted on Facebook this morning. Matt, you didn't know I was going to do this. But I was Facebook stalking you before the service. What Matt posted on Facebook this morning. Take my hand. And we'll get through this together. There's life, folks. That's the choice we have. May God give us the grace to live into that world. Amen. What we're going to do now is I'd ask you to join me for a hands-on blessing. We're going to do a blessing for Matthew and Marjorie down here because we want to sort of bless their journey, bless their ministry, and you'll hear the band playing in the background. And, uh, you know, we'll be offering some gentle music as we close today's service. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 